Good morning. If you have your hand up for notes, just keep them up, and uh, our hosts will make sure you get a set of notes today. And I really do want you to follow along. We've got some teaching this week and next week uh, that we want to share with you, a uh, little mini-series on the spiritual battle. I thought that would be a great follow-up to Easter. Uh, so today's called I'm in the Lord's Army. Hey, last weekend, Easter weekend, I just want to give a big shout out and thanks to the Dream Team and all of the people behind the scenes that made uh, just that Easter experience incredible for so many people. And uh, we had just under, just shy of 350 people here on Easter Sunday morning. That's more people than chairs. Go ahead and thank the Lord just for... So Brittany Brink and I have this little uh, wager going on the side because uh, typically our children's uh, camp finale service is the highest attended service. So our kids' church team, woohoo, uh, do the, the highest attended service. Uh, but this year, Easter beat her out. So I just, just, just saying, just saying. And uh, what we really are rejoicing in is uh, somewhere around 10 people deciding to make Jesus their Lord and Savior, as they indicated uh, at the, so yeah. And so we love that. And the end of every service, we give an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus in a personal way. We want to invite you to open your heart and to invite him into your life. It'll, you'll, you'll be changed for eternity, literally. At Harvest, uh, we have two values that are really important to us. And uh, there are a number of values, but I want to highlight two that are important because right now they're in conflict with each other, so they're not working together. And those two conflicts are that we believe that everybody should have an opportunity to serve, that we know God, we find freedom, we discover our purpose, and we make a difference. And that begins by joining the dream team and serving uh, to create Sunday morning experiences, whether it's in the parking lot, uh, the host team, whether it's downstairs, it's production, it's sound, it's so many areas to get involved with so that our online community as well as our in-room uh, community uh, can experience uh, the presence of God so we can know him, all know him better. Which, by the way, uh, thank you, worship team. That was off the hook this morning. I personally just really, really received it. I don't, did you receive this morning? Just felt the presence of the Lord. It's just so beautiful. And uh, creating environments where people can know God. And so uh, it takes a lot of people to serve on a Sunday morning. Say a lot. Maybe you've come from a church where there are few people that serve, and, and uh, most people are receiving, and we just really believe that we needed to turn that around, and that everybody is serving uh, at harvest uh, in order to create uh, the environments where people can really know God. Well, our other uh, value is that we would attend the service, receive in the service, and know God and be touched by God, um, and discover our purpose and find freedom, and all of those things are going on at the same time. But those two values are at conflict with one another because um, you can't really serve and really dig in and attend at the same time. Shortly after, um, because of COVID and phasing in and out, uh, we have had multiple services as a church for about eight years. Uh, if I do the math, I think it's somewhere around for eight years we've been a multi-service church. 
And we do multiple services not only to create opportunities uh, for people to have options when they come to church, and we think that's important, but also so that we can attend a service and serve in a service so that our values, our very strong values, aren't in conflict with each other the way they really presently are now. And so people that really like to serve and they pull that value uh, are serving sometimes four Sundays, missing four Sundays of being in a service. And people that really, 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 really don't want to miss a service uh, aren't serving as much as we'd like you to serve. When we say like you to serve, that's not so that we can get done what we need to get done. It's so that you can experience what God has created you to be and created you to do and contribute to war when somebody's getting saved and we can go, wow, today we were a part of or working with children downstairs. And so um, these, these values being a conflict uh, can't be a conflict with one another any longer. And so uh, we are growing, uh, and we do need space, and there are a lot of different reasons why I'm excited to announce that in September when we do our launch uh, our launch Sunday, and we come back from summer, and we have we have blow-ups outside, and we just have a lot of fun uh, celebrating our fall launch. Uh, we will be returning to multiple services and have have two services. So we are super excited about that, and uh, and just the opportunity. I know so many of you, as we bring those values together, more of you will be willing to serve, and more of you just to be a part of what's happening. So yeah, thank you for being excited with us, and I know it'll take us to that next level of just uh, fulfilling what God has to reach this area with the gospel. All right, I'm in the Lord's Army. This is part one of our Easter follow-up. The battle's been won. I'm fighting a battle. I know that you've won. Well, let's try to make some sense out of that. Father, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would help open our minds, open our, our souls, Lord, our spirits to receive the ever-living Word of God that divides between soul and spirit. Lord, it's a weapon in and of itself, as we're going to learn. Lord, uh, allow it to penetrate into our hearts and spirits today in Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen. Online, type in amen. No, don't do that. That's getting old. Uh, but I'm just acknowledging you're out there and you're here. We appreciate our online portion of our uh, congregation. I'm too young to march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I'm too young to fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army, yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army, yes, sir. I'm too young to ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery, fly over the enemy. I'm too young to whatever the next one is. I'm in the Lord's army. Joanne I see you smiling back there. <laughs> sang that in kids' church when I was a kid, and um, we liked it because that was the one we were allowed to get out of our chair, especially fly over the enemy, because I would always push the limits on fly over the enemy um, and uh, try to do, try to encircle the whole room. It was just a chance to maybe even fly out and escape kids' church, but um, I usually was rounded back in, and you know, I would, yes, sir, and we would sit back down in our, in our chairs. Uh, but that was such a great song. The New Testament calls us to be soldiers which suggests a war that we're fighting in. It's not a physical war, but a spiritual war. 
But nonetheless, it's very real. And I want to take these couple of weeks to talk to you about being a good Christian soldier. What does that mean to be in a soldier and fight the good fight of faith? By the way, it's a good fight because Jesus has already won it. Uh, we're just playing cleanup. We are enforcing his authority as we're going to understand as we look at this. But this morning is really important about where this begins and how you and I understand uh, the spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. Let's begin reading in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to teach today, so we're going to look at uh, just probably about two scriptures, but spend a lot of time pulling them apart and understanding. So great Sunday. If you have pen in your notes in hand, there's pens in your seat back that you could fill some things in and come back to this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. All right, let's take this apart, uh, kind of phrase by phrase. The strength for this battle is in Jesus's mighty power. It's not in yours. It's not in mine. It's not based on our righteousness, as we're going to see, our personal righteousness, which simply means us getting it right, because we don't get it right all the time. So if it depended on that, we'd get decimated in this battle. But on Jesus's mighty power. I'm fighting a battle you've already won. He's already won. So it's his mighty power. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at uh, blowing up mountains and using dunamis power, Holy Spirit power. This is the power we're talking about, the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus, the Son of God, God the Father, the three in one, uh, living in us, for us, not against us, fighting in this battle of cleanup. It's his mighty power. Say his power. We start right there. Finally, finally, as we conclude in this book of, uh, that's written to the Ephesian church and to us today. Put on armor. Put on the armor. Now, some of you go, I don't want to go to battle. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you're already in it. Uh, and so you can either armor up and dress for this battle or you can let the enemy eat your lunch and be a bully on the playground and cause all kinds of difficulty that his mighty power has provided that you would be an overcomer. And so Paul's given us instruction that we need to put on the armor. We're armored up and prepared to take a stand against the devil. Now, for some people, you might have thought that the devil was simply a symbol of evil. He isn't. He's very real. He's a, he is a personality, a person, created. He's a created being. He's not like God without it beginning or end. He's a created being. Um, there are, he's one of three archangels that were in, as we read in the Bible, that got when God created the angelic host. Host just innumerable. We can't count them. There's so many of them. And God uh, created order just the same way that there is order and hierarchy in an army. And in the angelic army, the host of heaven, the armies of heaven, uh, there, there was Gabriel, and uh, Gabriel was the, the messenger angel. So whenever you see uh, God uh, giving messages you know, to Mary uh, in the New Testament, that was Gabriel that's dispatched to give those messages. There was Michael, the uh, warring angel. Uh, he's in charge of all of what happens uh, in heaven uh, in this warfare that's taking place in the heavenlies. 
that we read about uh, in Revelation. And then there was Lucifer, also uh, named the devil. And Lucifer didn't begin as, as evil. He began as the worship leader of heaven. And all things that were given to God in worship, Lucifer, uh, Lucifer was so beautiful in his role and beautiful physically. The Bible says just even without description how beautiful. And music was in him. He was created as a being that his literal physical being was a musical instrument. And so more than vocally, all of the sounds, all of the beauty of worship in heaven came out of Lucifer. But one day he decided that uh, he wanted God's seat. He wanted the throne. And so uh, he set up this secret coup, which I could never figure out how stupid you've got to be to keep a secret from the all-knowing, omniscient God. Like, how do you do that? Okay, we're going to keep it a secret from God. Nobody tell him, all right? He knows your thoughts. Like, like how did, but he did. He set up a coup. He convinced a number of the angels uh, to uh, rebel with him. And the scriptures tell us that uh, they were cast out of heaven. Jesus, when the disciples came, well, they were sent out to pray for the sick and uh, to do miracles. And they go, oh, my goodness, like even the demons were fleeing. We, we literally saw manifestations of evil demonic power leaving Jesus because uh, we went in your name. And Jesus said, I, I, saw, I saw Lucifer, I saw the devil uh, out, cast out of heaven like lightning. In other words, it happened that fast. It wasn't really a big battle. Um, the power of God. This isn't a back and forth. This was a once for all uh, casting out and then Jesus finalizing on the earth. And we're going to see. So first out of heaven, Lucifer had no authority, no power, nothing. But then he was given authority on the earth, as we're going to see. But on the earth now, we are to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as God's army, we are to now um, exert God's authority here on the earth. Now, this devil who's very real, who tried to keep a secret from God, gets cast out of heaven, cast into, we're going to see this in a minute. He has schemes, as we see in this scripture. Uh, we're putting on the armor, very real battle because he has schemes. He's a lying, manipulative being that wants to get you to believe his lies. So our struggle, our, our battle, is not against people, even though it feels that way some days. People are against us. But the evil that's in the world, that's what our battle is, our true battle's against. Against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Where are these heavenly realms? Where is this evil that affects us? The devil and his demons are organized. They're ranked in levels of authority, authority uh, against powers of this dark world. And so in the same way heaven was organized and is organized hierarchically, so the devil also has organized his troops and his demons, fallen angels, in order to fight against God's people and to uh, destroy the very earth that God created for beauty. And we know that there's a final plan for earth, and it's a final plan that we would spend all of eternity uh, with Jesus in his earthly kingdom, in the new heaven and in the new earth. But until then, the enemy is occupying what's called here the heavenly realm. The Bible talks about three different kinds of heavens, so it can be a little bit confusing, but let me just clarify this. So 
when uh, we think about God and his angels, they are in, an, in a spiritual heavenly realm. We don't know the location. Uh, is it out in the galaxy somewhere? Is it, I, we don't know, uh, you know geographically where that is. It's a spiritual realm. Say spiritual. If you or I were to die today, our spirit would be with the Lord in that spiritual realm, waiting for the end of the age so that our body and our spirit could be reunited so we could return to the earth with Jesus for all of eternity. Uh, we, the church and Jesus will uh, rule and reign upon the new earth. And uh, so we don't spend eternity in heaven. It's kind of temporary. The heaven where God is now, that's going to be all coming to the earth uh, in a, in, at the end of the age. But that's one heaven. The second heaven is the on a dark night, as you look out and see the stars and the Milky Way and uh, you see the galaxies, that's another uh, 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 one, one of the three heavens that the Bible just uses one word heaven for. And the, the heavenly realm here, which is the atmospheric uh, area around our earth, uh, radio waves are going through this room right now and you can't feel them or see them. And in the same way, there are angelic hosts from heaven that are in this, this atmosphere. We don't see them. We don't uh, perceive them. Uh, the Spirit of God. Uh, also, there is demonic power in Earth's atmosphere or in the, you know, I doubt in this room right now. I don't think too many demons would feel at home here. Uh, but, but certainly in the world, when Satan was cast down from heaven, he was cast and occupies uh, the atmosphere literally around the earth. So the devil and his demons do not live in hell. They don't have pitchforks. Um, they're, they're not, that's not their habitation. That will be their final habitation when they are thrown forever and ever into, uh, into hell. But right now they occupy the atmosphere uh, around us. So this evil force has tremendous influence in our world. In fact, Jesus called Satan the ruler of the world. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So the truth of this is there is evil. We are in a battle. The battle's been won on Calvary, but now Jesus is placed, uh, again, in this book, of uh, Ephesus, uh, the, the letter to Ephesus, Ephesians, that God literally wants to make a spectacle of Satan and his, and his demons for all of the havoc they've created on mankind. So God said, I'll place my church, and they will begin to push back the gates of hell that will not prevail. In other words, it's as if we're pushing the authority of hell, that hell does have authority, the evil forces has authority on the earth, but the church is called to push that authority back and to create on the earth today uh, a victorious church, a victorious kingdom of God that's ever expanding. Someone say expanding. And so the devil wants to tell us that church and church attendance and it's shrinking. And yet all over the world, uh, churches that are alive where the spirit of God is alive are growing. And Christianity is the fastest growing religion, if we can put it under that heading, uh, on planet Earth right now. And so those statistics are telling us one thing. Uh, and there is a, you know, uh, mainline churches and churches that have forgotten the power of God's word, the power of praise and worship, the power of a 
spirit-filled life, but churches like that, churches like ours, are growing and pushing back authority of hell. Now, we won't push it all out. Jesus will do that when the church returns. After uh, we're gathered up, the Bible says, into the heavens, we return with Christ. There will be a final dispelling of all evil. Satan will be bound and thrown into the pit uh, uh, for, for all of eternity. Someone said... I know I'm downloading a lot of information, but stay with me. If this is new for you, um, you, you will catch up. Say, I'll catch up. All right. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when, not if, we are in a battle. And if we try to ignore it, uh, it doesn't go away. And so an uncomfortable, it, it feels uncomfortable. It kind of feels awkward when we talk about this sometimes. I want to bring it into a realm that it isn't. It's normal as a Christ follower to know that we are victorious, we are overcomers, and yet we need to prepare for this battle. It's not if, it's when. So that you can stand your ground. Say stand your ground. Now here's important. And this is kind of where we're going to be today, and the next week we're going to talk about uh, actually moving beyond standing our ground. Because some of us, and this is Spiritual Battle 101, God's called you to take ground. Take ground in your family. Take ground in your neighborhood. Take ground in uh, people that around you have sickness and disease. And uh, Jesus has called you, the Bible says, to lay hands upon the sick, uh, upon the sick and they will what? They will recover. And we cheer and we want this, but until we start spiritual battle 101 and realize we've got to stand ground. You can't take ground if you can't stand ground. And if you're being pushed backwards all the time or, you know, the enemy's eating your, eating your lunch and taking your lunch money every day, because this battle is not like Rocky where you get up, I'm a Christian, praise God. Adrian, Adrian, I won. Adrian, where are you? Cut my eyes, Nick, cut my eyes. Come on, I'm at church this morning, praise God, I made it. Oh man, the devil beat me up so bad. I'm gonna see how I'm gonna, come on, come on, here, hallelujah. I'm gonna praise God today. It's not that kind of battle. It's not that kind of fight. But some of us are fighting that way because we're allowing it. We're allowing it. And so we want to stand our ground. And after having done all, still stand. Does that mean I don't fall? No, the Bible says, I, I, you know, hey, blessed is the righteous man who gets up 70 times, seven times. We brush ourselves off when we go. But the reality is that there is a strength in his mighty power. We're putting on our armor. We're understanding this so we can stand our ground in the knowledge of what Jesus has done for me so that then I, I, I know God, I find freedom, I stand my ground, but then I find out that I can make a difference by using my spiritual weapons of war, which we'll talk about next week. So not if, when. And this battle, this authority's been won, and our job is to take ground and push back the gates, but not until I learn how to stand my ground. All right? Are we good? All right. Three people. Are we good? Thank you. All right. This is important. I want you to get it. Stand firm then. How am I standing my ground? With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. 
I'm going to cover these fairly quickly because um, I kind of want to get to where we're going next, uh, so we can get next week because I can tell you about your weapons and why they're important and why you want to be using them. Stand firm with the belt of truth. Now, belts, belts go around our midsection. So this is a spiritual battle. This, these are spiritual armor, armor wear, and yet they help us understand. So the belt is a belt. Is it a literal belt? Like Batman's belt? You know, yeah, yeah. No, it's a spiritual belt. It's truth. The truth will set you free. Truth dispels lies. Truth dispels, uh, um, you know, the light dispels darkness. This principle is that this area of your body is where your intestinal tract is, and when you had something to eat this morning, um, what is bad in your body, which your body says, I don't need this, this is garbage, and I'm going to get rid of the garbage, and you're going to live on the nutrients, but get rid of some garbage. Without truth, understanding truth, understanding what is true and what is not a lie, what is the truth of what God says about you, what God says about me, growing in truth. With, as we grow in truth, we learn to have a capacity to discern and differentiate what is not of God and what is of this world. And some of us, as we listen, you know, it's a podcast and we're listening to social media and we're just taking in and taking in and taking in, but without discernment, without knowing truth, you begin to come on. Under uh, the, 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 the God of this age, God, Jesus called him, you can't discern what you need to crap out of your spiritual body. Yeah, I said that. And it needs to be violent and just bleh, get rid of this. No, because there isn't a capacity to know. Someone once said, a very wise man said to me, you know, um, the counterfeit money is being made all of the time. And if we had to train you how to identify a counterfeit bill, it would be endless training. So what we do is we train you to see the real. And when you compare real, you'll always know what the counterfeit is. And that's brilliant. When we begin to know the real of God, uh, of what God has for our lives, so we learn to dispel. Truth dispels. The breastplate of righteousness is in place, and that's covering um, our, our, you know, the, the, our organs and, and our heart and our lungs. And, and what is that talking about spiritually? That's our emotional area. And we don't want to be dictated in this world and in this battle by how we feel. And I want to validate that we need feelings and emotions God gave them to us so that we know when something's wrong, but they're dashboard indicators, so when they come, our emotions come on, we can, we can identify and then deal with um, and move on. But without the breastplate of righteousness, that we, uh, we are righteous because of what Jesus did. We are not trying to uh, get it right by ourselves. We are not trying to pray harder because that will earn me more righteousness and I'll be closer to God. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus died for us and instead of us. And so I get to live, say live. I get, I am righteous. I, I'm not becoming righteous. You and I are righteous. And so the breast, breast, it is kind of the breastplate. The, 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 yeah, the breastplate of righteousness. I was thinking blessed plate, and then it all got confused. The breastplate of right, I can't even say it. That plate that goes on the emotional area of your life. 
When the enemy begins to lie to you, I don't feel righteous today. I don't feel like I'm saved today. I don't feel like I have it together today. I don't feel much like fighting today. I don't think I can beat the devil. I don't think I can stand my ground. I don't think I, uh, oh, oh, Adrian, help. And so to stand ground, we've got to come to that point I know how I feel right now, but I'm an overcomer. I know who I, I have believed. And I, I, and, I, and I know that he's more than able. And, and so as we grow in truth and we grow in this understanding, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, this gospel that we are called to live out and, and, and be couriers and carriers of, the good news that, that you don't have to allow the, the, the evil forces and sin of this world, that we can be free from this fine freedom with your feet fitted with readiness. Readiness. These feet were made for walking. <laughs> Walking all over you, boom, 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 boom. And the Bible says that, that we are the head, not the tail. And that the enemy is to be where? Under our feet. Yeah, these feet were made for walking. And so we're standing our ground, and we're understanding these principles as we grow in, the, in his mighty power. And as we do that, um, that, that these feet are made for walking, now we can push forward and, and enact uh, the pushing back of the authority of, of hell. In addition to all this, as if this wasn't enough on this crash course of spiritual battle 101, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And so our faith in God, and we trust God, and, and, and the, the ideas and the temptations and the, these, these, these shots that the enemy takes that sting, and, and, and there's, it's fiery. It means it, it's, it's, this is for real. And it finds it could be very painful. And, and so the way we extinguish and put out this, this, this attack against us is by remembering that we're trusting in God and not in ourselves. Take the helmet of salvation. So I've got my bulletproof vest on, but I don't want to take a headshot because that's for real. I mean, if the, if the, you know, I can be wearing my, 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 my bulletproof vest as a, a enforcer of law, but... Um, if the enemy is a good shot, which he is, and takes a headshot. And so what are we we're talking about? Our mind and the helmet of salvation. I know that I'm saved today. Nothing that I've done but about what Jesus has done. And, and God has promises about this. There's a promised land that I'm to live in today. And so I'm not allowing the enemy to have my thoughts, which is where we're going, and we're going to kind of end here in just a moment. But the idea of the battle of the mind. Joyce Myers does an amazing job. If you haven't read the book, read it. But we're going to kind of just do a summary of understanding that as we look at uh, armoring up this morning, this is all offensive. You know, we're on the offense. We're standing ground. Until, and we can stand ground with all of this armor. We have to use it and practice it. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we'll come back to that. Let me come back to this one as well. The verse goes on, because that's a weapon. Sword of spirit, that's a, next week, that's a weapon. I'm armoring up. I'm getting ready for this battle. I'm dressing appropriately. I'm understanding I'm here, whether I like it or not, and I'm gonna be successful. 
But pray in the Spirit. We're going to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit and a prayer language that God gives us. We call it praying in the Spirit or speaking in tongues on all occasions and all kinds of prayer requests. With this in mind, be alert. Keep your head up. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Be looking for where battles might be going on in our brother or sister's life. We're praying for them too. Dress for it every day, growing in truth, accepting his righteousness. I have a destiny. I will fulfill my purpose. Well, we aren't ready yet, but I'm glad you're there. 11.05, give me five more, but play. You can play. They're not early. I'm just going to take some more time. You good for that? Online? Can't hear you. Oh, go. Uh, yeah, I just heard somebody online say. For though we live in the world, let's go to another scripture. For though we live in the world, we do not wage wars the world does. The weapons we fight with, are you fighting? You see, this is now, we're taking ground. I'm not talking about Rocky fighting. I'll never talk right. I'll never be right. I'll never walk right. But hallelujah, I'm a Christian. No, that's what we do to the devil. These feet were made for walking. And so whether Gavin were taking baby steps, we're still taking steps, dude, right? Right, every day is a step. And we just take them and we're obedient and we keep moving. The weapons we fight with are, the, are, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, these weapons that we're going to talk about next week, the sword of the Spirit um, and praying, praying in the Spirit, and there's lots of other ones. As we begin to use those weapons and, and, and uh, we begin to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So as we begin to use our weapons, not first and foremost, you know, to push back the devil, first and foremost, to stand our ground and learn that we are overcomers. So we've got to demolish strongholds. Paul uses this word. What is a stronghold? Paul uses this word as a picture as he's writing to a church that would know well that when you left the city of Ephesus, let's say you're heading out 138 toward Monkland, and but it's we don't have cars and we you know and there would be there's a cliff on both sides of the road, and it's a cliff that's a sheer cliff you can't climb it, uh, and in the side of that cliff and this was so in Eph outside the city of Ephesus, there were caves in those cliffs. And the bandits would hide in those caves. And when an unsuspecting traveler would be going through, not knowing that there was hidden uh, caves that you couldn't see, rope ladders would come flying down. The bandits would come down the rope ladders and take all of your stuff and go back in, pull the rope back in as if they were never there. They were in a stronghold, a hidden place that the enemy occupies that you think you're a victim. Because in Ephesus, as you would go through, I mean, after a while, you would just, you didn't want them to kill your kids or you didn't want them to, so you would just reach in your pockets and go, here you go, hey, bandits. Yeah, I know you're coming down, so I, I, you can have it, all right? Hurry up, hurry up. I'm in a hurry today. And some of us are living that way, and the enemy, we, we didn't know we've got strongholds. And we have to use this weaponry first and foremost to stand our ground. We've got our armor on. 
But we also have to use these mighty weapons to demolish. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit power, the dunamis power, blows things up. Say, blow it up. We have strongholds. Paul's saying you can use your weapons to demolish strongholds, to blow up places where the enemy is hiding in your life, eating your lunch, taking your money, robbing, stealing, destroying. When Jesus said, I've come to give them life and give it to them abundantly. But he wants you to be an overcomer and to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And so... He's, he uses this word picture. What does it mean for you or I? Well, he, he goes on. He says we're to demolish these strongholds, these hiding places. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What are these hiding places in our lives? They are arguments and pretensions. Let me explain that, and then we'll, uh, we'll kind of park it there, and uh, we'll, we'll pick it up there next week and, and do some more. All of us uh, have a control freak in our life, or you are one. Um, and uh, if you have somebody that you try to do life with that's high-level control freak, what's really annoying, and you know it's very difficult, is that no matter what you try to talk about, They'll either argue with you. It's an, it's an instantaneous argument. Um, oh, I heard that. Oh, no, 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 no. Their first word is no. No, 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 no. They'll correct you, and then they'll tell you how it really is because they are an expert at everything in life. Everything. Absolute expert. No matter what you know, they know more. You, you understand? Do anybody know one of those people? Let me just see your hand. I know a control freak. Only four of you? How many have a control freak that's sitting beside you and you just didn't want? Don't do that. Don't do that. Or you come to work and you go, oh, man, yeah, I've got this, I, I got this migraine. Migraine? Let me tell you about migraines. I remember I had I had a brain tumor the size of a baseball and I I know I know pain. Oh man, I was working out in the yard, so we got a little back back pain. I broke my back in 16 places about 10 years ago, and I I am the champion of back. I know back pain. You kind of tracking with me? Control freaks. Well, the devil's a control freak. He tried to take control from God. And so he uses manipulation. He uses arguments and pretensions. He, he pretension is tries to make everything bigger than it really is. Oh, back pain. I, I got back pain for you. Arguments and pretensions. He's a control freak. He acts the exact same way. He will argue with you. Every thought, every desire, it, it can be unrelenting until you say to the control freak, I'm putting a boundary up right now. Shut up. I don't want to talk to you right now. This is an uncomfortable, awkward conversation. And I'm not entering in. In fact, I'm not even listening. Arguments and pretensions. The devil is the ultimate control freak. Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. Say no truth. Zero. Absolutely none. When he lies... He's consistent with his character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. He's going to lie to you every time. He's going to argue with you. 
He's going to tell you that he is stronger than God. He is stronger than you. The knowledge of God. Every argument and pretension. Look at it now. We demolish arguments and every pretension. It sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That is not the Bible. It's in the Bible, but that's not what we're talking about. It's what God knows about you. It's what God knows about you. He knows that he created you with a destiny. He created you to, to take the devil's lunch money, to push back the gates of hell, to cut off the generational nonsense that's been happening in our families for generations. And God is saying, I'm raising up a new generation. I'm raising up kids that will not be addicted to alcohol and drugs. And I, I want kids that are doing really well academically and aren't under the, the God of this age and this region that say that kids won't succeed and go to university and do really well. You see, there's, there's lies everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. And when we begin to perceive it in ourselves and we begin to perceive that God has a vision and a calling on Cornwall and we see, wow, our city's not supposed to be a stinky city and a, and a, and a beat up city. God has a destiny for our city. But it goes, you can shrink around. God has a destiny for you. God has knowledge about you. The Bible says God has thoughts about you. God has a plan for you. God loves you. He is for you and not against you. He wants to free you. He wants to set you on a rock to stay. For real. Live it out. Experience it. God knows what he has for you. What does God talk about to the angels about you? Well, some of you right now are going, oh, it's probably not good. <laughs> See, you're, 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 you're in the lie. You're in the lie. When we do prophetic meetings, it's so wonderful. And we just had some in January. And God begins to speak over people's lives. And everybody gets so excited. And, they, you know, God knows me by name. And he's so specific. And that prophetic gift is so precious and wonderful. And, and it's because God's sharing his thoughts. You're laying in bed, praying at night. And all of a sudden, you have this thought like tomorrow could be a better day. That's his thought about you. But then the enemy's going to be right there trying to steal it argue with it. He's not arguing against the Bible. Like, like, we'll get to the Bible, but what he's arguing against is how God is talking about you. He's going to talk differently and try to convince you to believe what he's saying and the pretensions. Ah, it's way big. God, God can't. You're a victim. Laid down. This is a stronghold. You can't, you can't do anything about this. I'm just coming today, and I'm just going to beat you up like I have every other day. Just lay down and let me take all of your blessings. Oh, you'll go to heaven. It's not about heaven and hell. You'll go to heaven. Jesus is living in your heart, and that's really cute. But, man, I'm going to make your life a hell because that's his job. Until you demolish the stronghold, your job with his mighty power and the armor and the weapons that we're going to learn about next week. And you could do this, and I can do this. And as a church, we're going to do this. <laughs> somebody, come on, somebody. We're going to do this. Do it together. We're going to learn about this together. I'm going to have to park it there. I just, there's so much more. I just prepared more material than I, can, I got time for. And talk about strongholds of fear. And some of us are living in fear. And we're going to learn how to identify that. And then you expose the cave. Aha! 
I know you're in there. Don't bother bringing down. Don't bother bringing down the rope ladder. I got some dynamite. <laughs> We're demolishing today. Demolition crew is here. Count down. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. I'll just skip it. One. Boom. Identifying first, exposing it, and then you demolish. And then you take those thoughts that we've thought our whole life. And some of us are not even aware we have them. And that's part of what this journey, when we use, we're standing in, we stand like this morning in the presence of God and we're praising. And praise, the Bible says, is a weapon against the enemy. What are we doing? As we're praising and our thoughts are changing and we're declaring how strong God is, all of a sudden God whispers in her ear, you have a limiting belief that you are a failure. I, the Lord, live inside you, and I will never fail. And you need to understand you're not going to be a failure anymore because you think you're a failure. Someone told you you're a failure. You have a limiting belief that you're a failure, but you're not a failure. I'm not a failure. I'm not a failure. I'm not a failure. Boom! And then when that that thought comes into your mind at work on Monday morning and you feel like shrinking back. You remember, wait a minute, I blew that up. I know where that's coming from. That's one of my limiting thoughts. I'm going to make you obey Jesus right now. Jesus said, I'm not a failure. So thought of failure, I make you obedient to Jesus. Because Jesus says, I'm not a failure. And you do that a lot and then you do it lesser and lesser and lesser. Until it's not a thought that formed, it's, it's not, it's, there's nothing there anymore. It's gone, and you're walking from Ephesus gone. I remember when there's a big cave right there. That doesn't bother me no more. And you live in freedom because we find freedom. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this room. Today is a day, if you heard nothing else, it's not a rocky fight. Some of you are like, I got punched out in the first round. Like, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't even trying. But some of you, man, you've gone so many rounds, so many rounds. And you're holding on to you. We overcome. Jesus won the battle. But I don't know how much longer I can take this. In Jesus' name right now, I just pray you would feel the wind of the Holy Spirit begin to blow and refresh. Our ministry team, well, they're going to come right out of their seats right now, and they're taking their place. We're going to have a time just if you want prayer today. If something just resonated in this message, and you just want to stand with the Word and go, I'm agreeing with the Word. I'm not agreeing with the lie. I'm going to agree with, and someone will just get them to agree with you. The Bible says we're two shall agree. Touching it, it's done in Jesus' name. But all across this room, online right now, you just say, yeah, I, if, if I'm honest about this, I've been doing a lot of fighting and not a lot of winning. Next week, we're going to talk about weapons and why, why, why it's important, why God's Word's important, why worship is important, why the blood of Jesus is important, why telling our story is important. These things are not just things. These are weapons that expose and demolish and set us free. Lord, I just pray right now you would ring the liberty bell in this room in the spirit right now. Just ring the liberty bell. Freedom, 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 freedom. Yeah, it's not elusive. Freedom, somebody. Freedom, it's not elusive. It's not for tomorrow. It's for right now. Freedom, freedom in Christ. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm gonna stand my ground. And after having done all, I'm still gonna be on my feet in Jesus' name all across this room, online. If you're here today, just before we dismiss this service, we're going to do that in a moment.
you're here today and you say, I don't know Jesus the way you're talking about. I want to just ask you, if you've never invited him into your life, ask him to forgive your sin. Your sin, our sin separates us from relationship with God. Today, you want to know Jesus the way we're talking about. I would ask that you take a moment to consider that you have to invite him in. The Bible says he stands at the door of your life and he says, I'd like to come in. All we have to do is say, Jesus, come in, forgive my sin. I begin my life with you. If that's you today, if you would just simply raise your hand wherever you are. If you're online, just type in and say, I'm making a decision today. But if you'd like to make a decision for Jesus today in this holy moment, just raise your hand. I'll acknowledge it. And then we're going to pray together. Is there anyone? Just for the sake of those. Oh, I see. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. God bless you right there for being brave, raising your hand. And for those online, church, we know what to do. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus as, you knock on your, my life today, as you knock on my life today, I can hardly believe that it's you. But today I open it up. Forgive my sin. Come in my life. Make me new. I'm ready to fight this battle and be free. Somebody in this room, addictions are dropping off right now. Somebody, fear is dropping off right now. Come on. Somebody, somebody, online, online. Somebody's children that have been having night terrors, that's stopping right now in Jesus' name. Torment of the enemy. Anxious thoughts that are debilitating. Stop now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's stand together. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you invited Jesus into your life, we are celebrating with you because the Bible says the angels of heaven are celebrating. See somebody in a green shirt. They have a package for you. Just our gift of saying thank you for making that decision today. We're going to dismiss in a moment. Come on, let's sing this to the Lord. I'm fighting a battle. You've already won. Pray and stand with you for your victory today.
we just pray for this upcoming week, Father. We're fighting a battle, but you've already won, God. Whatever anyone's facing, Father, we bless them this week. God, break off those addictions. Break off whatever is holding down, God, and set people free. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. God bless you.